Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Deanna Emery. Deanna is a lead data scientist at Aon, which is publicly traded on the stock exchange. Deanna joined Aon in 2019 as a data scientist. This was her first job in the industry. Prior to joining Aon, she worked in research at Harvard's Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. Deanna leads Aon's Sprinternship program, which is a three-week program geared towards women, non-binary people in STEM. About 75% of students are placed at a job through the program. The program focuses on improving and or designing algorithms to determine the race of investors with the ultimate goal of improving gender and racial diversity in IP. Most companies are limited in their understanding of diversity, and these algorithms allow organizations to have more insight on gender and race. Welcome to the show, Deanna. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Great. Well, let's get started. So, Deanna, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I started out in tech in college, basically. I was a major in astrophysics and physics. And for a long time, my intent was to pursue a career in academia as a research scientist in astrophysics. Um, and shortly after I graduated, I was really fortunate to have been awarded a travel fellowship to fund a trip abroad. Um, and I spent seven months on a bicycle tour actually through Europe. And this was really a chance for me to push myself out of my comfort zone um, and for me to have some time for introspection because over the course of college, I had kind of lost sight of what it was that motivated me and what it was that I loved about my pursuit in astrophysics. Um, and so I had actually realized that even though I may have devoted six years of my life towards this dream of a career in astrophysics, that I was kind of going through the motions. And I don't know when that happened, but I didn't love what I was doing. And I'd actually applied for PhD programs and was accepted to my top choice, which was really exciting. But when it came down to accepting the offer, I realized that it was not where I wanted to be. Um, it was certainly a hard decision turning down that top choice university, but I, every time I look back, there are no regrets whatsoever. I instead started to look to what are some other fields in STEM where I could apply my skill set, and that naturally led me in the direction of data science. Um, 
and I applied for a job on a whim and that's how I ended up at Aon and I've been loving it ever since. I've been here at Aon for two and a half years now. That's amazing. So astrophysics to data science and how brilliant were you to really knew that that was not your passion and you didn't want to continue the astrophysics journey because a lot of women, it takes them a long time to get to that part where you know this is not what I really want to do, but I just go through the motions, like you said. So um, really proud of you that you actually stopped and did some introspection and said, you know, what do I really want to do when I grow up and found the right path? Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'd like to to think that it was my logical decision making, but I think ultimately it was kind of just a gut decision of where I thought I'd be happy. Yeah, no, I think that's great. That's great. And as you know, you know, this podcast is really focused on bridging that employment pay and culture gap for women. So what are you seeing in the industry? Because, you know, unfortunately, with the pandemic, we had millions of women leave the workforce. But what are you seeing like in your world through your lens? Yeah, um, so I'm actually super fortunate in that I'm working on a team that has really taken diversity in its hiring process very seriously. Um, I think something like 40% of our team are women and yes. all in technical roles. Um, that said, certainly over my career, I have experienced instances where I am the only woman in the room and it's hard to quantify how those experiences have impacted me and shaped me because they're kind of the norm, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I'd always, I've noticed that I make mental notes when I notice that I am the only woman in the room. And this is something that I imagine most men in STEM fields rarely experience, if ever. And mm -hmm. we should certainly be working towards a world in which no one is making these kinds of mental notes. True, very true. And, you know, still today in the technology industry, we find that very, very few women, you know, in leadership roles, especially, and even on teams in the trenches actually doing the work. So I'm actually very, very impressed to hear that you have 40% of women on your team, and that really helps you know, grow this industry by showing that we can do this. This is not beyond our abilities. It's not uh, beyond our pay scale. It's not beyond any of those things. We need to have the confidence to jump in there with both feet. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a lot about being conscious in your decision making mm -hmm. and understanding that everyone comes to the table with biases and putting your own personal experiences and lifetime kind of on the back burner when you are talking to a candidate. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. So share with us some more about the Sprinternship program. Yeah, so the Sprinternship program is something that is hosted by an organization called Breakthrough Tech Chicago. And Aon has partnered with them this year to host five sprinternships or sprinterns, which are these micro internships. They're only three weeks long, hence the sprint in sprinternship. Um, and they're 
aim is to transform career trajectories for women and non-binary students in tech, particularly at the University of Illinois, Chicago. Nice. Yeah. That's great. And so when does this program begin? Who applies for it? How does it work? So the program actually just wrapped up. It happened for three weeks in May. Mm -hmm. And it's students at the University of Illinois, Chicago, who would be applying for this. Uh, primarily, a lot of women who are aspiring for careers in technology. And they get partnered with a company and with several other interns, and they'll all work together on a project under the management of somebody in this company. And this year, it happened to be me. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And did you, um, did you, the project was related to data science? Yes. So actually, perhaps somewhat fittingly, the project that they worked on was geared towards building out some of our diversity solutions around patent inventorship. Mm -hmm. um, so they developed algorithms to predict race of inventors, mm. which is something that unfortunately we have to do because that information doesn't exist publicly or privately. So in order to really understand and quantify diversity of inventors, we have to build these algorithms to predict their genders, their race, ethnicity, et cetera. So what are some actionable steps to increase diversity in data science? So certainly, I think one of the most impactful things you can do is start at an early age, start with students aspiring in technology, a lot like what the internship is geared towards, and have help them feel empowered so that they see a place for themselves in the technological world, I guess. Um, and I think what's great is that if they're seeing you as a role model, they can relate to seeing themselves in that role as well. Certainly. Um, I think back to my college career, and I never worked with female mentors. I didn't have necessarily a woman in my field that I could relate to and aspire to become mm -hmm. uh, more like. Um, so, so I think being able to speak to the, the five young women that I worked with on a personal level and talk to them about my experiences and whether or not they have experienced those same things in their college careers, I think that hearing it from someone is important to know that you're not alone in some of these struggles that you're experiencing, whether it's from a mental health perspective or from the perspective of being that only woman in the room. It's always helpful to hear that from someone yeah. else and yeah. No, that's very true. So I always like to ask, um, so was there an aha moment in, in your life when you knew that you loved technology? So, you know, you went from astrophysics to data science. Um, was there a time that like a light bulb went off in your head and said, this is what I really love to do? Tell me about that. So I actually, funnily enough, uh, grew up despising computers. Mm. I was the person who would handwrite every single essay, rewrite my drafts of it, and submit it 
to my teachers who probably hated me for it. <laughs> um, but I think it was sometime in mid high school when I realized that technology was what I might want to pursue, though maybe I didn't quite let go of my dislike of computers for a little while longer. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know that there was an aha moment per se, but if I had to point out a particular place where it might have been the case, um, Vermont, which is where I grew up, has this monthly challenge program where they'll submit a set of complicated math problems. Mm -hmm. And they're designed to take a full month to complete. And you can sit there for a month and grapple with each of the problems. And I, to this day, remember the strong feeling of satisfaction and excitement when I would finally solve a problem after a mm -hmm. week of struggling with it. And I think that is really what drove me in the direction of STEM. Mm -hmm. Did you know that there is an increase in the number of women leaving the tech industry? As a woman-owned business, Directions Training has made it our mission and passion to change this statistic. That's why Jennifer created this podcast. We showcase insight from everyday women for everyday women in the tech industry. Do you know other people that would benefit from tuning in? Share the link and help us drive the advancement of women in the tech industry. Do you have a journey or know of someone that our listeners would benefit from hearing about? Reach out to us at directionstraining.com slash podcast. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and wherever you find your podcasts. Now, back to the show. Yeah, so, um, and then ever since that, I've been, I don't know, loading up on math courses and uh, science-related stuff. Uh, it took me a while to finally find computer science and understand it as a tool that can be used to improve the greater world. Yeah, I think you like that challenge. And you love to be challenged so you can solve a problem. And I think that's probably where even I started when I with computers. It was like, what business problems can I solve using this tool? And that was very satisfying to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So is there one thing that you wish you had known before you began your career? So since I came from an astrophysics background, and because of my distaste for computers at the time, I didn't take any computer science classes because I thought I'll just be doing research. Um, and so I came into a data science role without having had any traditional training. Mm -hmm. And so I was very concerned about not having the prior experience or know-how before starting mm -hmm. my job. And I thought that I really had to study up and convince everyone when I got there that I know everything there is to know about the job. Mm -hmm. uh, but once I started, I realized that it's less about what you already know and a lot more about having an ability to learn on the job and pick up knowledge on the fly as you need it. That's amazing. And I hope a lot of women are listening to this because there are opportunities where you can have that just a positive attitude, go in with a learning mindset and a growth mindset, and you can learn 
on the job as well. So that's that's amazing that you said that. And that's a really good lesson for a lot of women where we always think that we have to have it all laid out, has to be perfect. I have to know everything. Then I can go in for the job. Yeah, definitely. And perhaps in a similar vein, I I may not have really gone very far into an astrophysics career, but changing career paths itself is a really scary thing. It's It seems like a leap of faith in a way, mm-hmm. but I think knowing that you don't have to know everything before you start can help you feel more comfortable when you're taking that leap. That's great. So, I, you know, you sound like you've gone through your career so far very successfully, but was there a part in your career where you felt, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't really do well or I failed? And then what did you learn from it? Because we really believe that any type of step back or a failure is really an opportunity for growth. And so lessons learned from it are really important to look at because um, it helps us grow. It helps us get to that next level beyond that. So any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I think probably my biggest failure or mistake was, this again takes me back to college. Um, I had put myself into a unhealthy cycle of, I don't know what to call it, but not thinking well of my performance and thinking that I had to push myself harder. And in doing so, I was not sleeping enough. I thought if I work longer, if I work harder, then I'm going to get the results I need. And so I probably for two years straight, I was getting four hours of sleep a night, which is not sustainable. And it took me a long time to figure that out. And I think after that two-year period, I started to realize that, you know, if I put myself first, if I prioritize myself and show myself the love that I deserve and that I need, that a lot of these other things that I was aspiring for, success in my class, success in my research, that those would naturally fall in place, but that it really depended on how I thought about myself first. Great, great, great lessons to be learned. Um, And all of us women can learn from that because there's no bigger critic of ourselves than ourselves. Mm -hmm. We are always criticizing ourselves. I always use the term, you know, negative Nancy in your head, always telling you (laughs) you're not good enough. (laughs) So um, that is so good that you're sharing this with our listeners because we are good enough. We do everything to our fullest capacity and collaborate and multitask and take care of family and work and everything. And we still don't give ourselves enough credit for that. So uh, yes, learn to love yourself and take care of yourself first. And sleep is so important. You can't function the next day if you didn't get true. Yes. So that's great. Um, So Deanna, who are three people that come to mind that have been most influential to you? So I guess the cliche, but 
equally true answer is uh, my mother. Mm -hmm. Um, She actually moved to the United States when she was 20 years old uh, from Armenia shortly after the Soviet Union had collapsed. Mm -hmm. And so she, funnily enough, she majored in computer science when she was there in Armenia. And yeah, (laughs) uh, by the time she got to the United States, picked up English and was ready for a job, the field had progressed so far that she had essentially become obsolete. Mm -hmm. And so she had to look for new ways to apply herself. And I think she ended up finding teaching. And I think a lot of her story has been inspiring to me. And maybe when I was really little, a lot of my successes were attributed to me wanting to make her proud Mm -hmm. and it started off that way and I and as I felt her pride and her happiness in me then I just picked up a love for myself and for my own achievements but she certainly has been incredibly influential in that aspect of my life what a great mom I think you know just the aspiration to please her and and to make her proud of you shows how much you care about her and what a good relationship you have. Who else? So uh, I think my first mentor for a summer internship, it was my very first summer internship, it happened during this time, like the first two years of college when I was low on self-esteem and I was working on an astrophysics related problem and got a lot of positive reinforcement and left that experience believing that my work could have a positive impact and that I was capable of producing worthwhile results. And I think at that time that was something I really needed. And it never hurts to to see someone who has been successful show their belief in you. Um, and then since then, out once I've joined Aon and have had my first career experience in data science, I'm going to cheat a little bit. And this isn't one more person. This is a few other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, each of my supervisors that I've had since joining Aon have really taken me under their wing. And they've done a lot to not only advance my career, but to also advance myself as an individual. They've pushed me out of my comfort zone a little bit so that I get experience in public speaking, uh, areas where I've never really thought they were my strong suits. Um, But I think one particular story that stuck with me was during my very first performance review. Um, And my manager had, so we, ahead of time, we have to fill out these self-evaluations. And so my manager was going through this self-evaluation alongside other evaluations from peers and et cetera. And he told me that I was being unnecessarily critical of myself and that I wasn't portraying myself in a positive light necessarily. He also brought up examples of maybe others can relate to this saying sorry unnecessarily or saying that you have 
a potentially stupid question, things like that, that kind of behavior. Uh, he explained to me that that behavior affects how people perceive you and how and how people believe in you. And so while you can have a manager or a mentor who is there to support your career, you yourself have to support yourself. You have to promote yourself in order for them to be able to help you too. And I think I had never really thought about things in that light. I'd never thought about my tendency to apologize as something that most people don't necessarily do. Uh, and following that performance review, I certainly changed my language about myself and in doing so changed the way I even think about myself, which was really awesome. That is awesome. And I'm so glad you had a manager to at least coach you and call that out because sometimes awareness is half the battle and mm -hmm. we don't even realize that we're doing this. And this is very common for women and girls to do is to apologize because of a confidence level. And yeah. so giving you that permission to say you are good, you're doing great work and you're not giving yourself credit for it really is some good, good, solid mentoring. You know, I love Certainly. that. I love that. Um, so yeah, that's, those, those are just perfect stories. All right. On a more personal note, uh, what's a favorite place that you've traveled to? And I know with the pandemic, we haven't traveled, you know, in the last year and a half, <laughs> two years, but if you think back, where was that most favorite place and why? So I certainly do miss traveling these days. Mm -hmm. And when I think back on my travel career, my travel experiences, definitely I'd have to point to some of the places that I went through during my bicycle tour. I mm -hmm. think my favorite spots were actually the ones that were off the beaten path where you wouldn't see any tourists. And it's hard to choose one. But if, I think if I had to, I might say a place called San Miniato in Italy. It's not too far from Florence, but mm -hmm. I remember it was a particularly long bike ride to get there. I was exhausted. I got in late and restaurants were starting to close already. And my host who, that I was staying with in that village she'd had she'd been invited to some gathering with friends and told me that I could come along and it was just an awesome experience being welcomed by the community there they couldn't speak english and i could hardly speak italian but it still felt so personal and um i don't know i think there there's always great bonding over food and there's lots of really good food in Italy. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree completely. And, you know, it made me think that when we talk about travel and memories and what's our most favorite place, it's usually related to people, food, you know, mm -hmm. and the conversation. It's not so much just the beauty of the place because the place might be really, really beautiful or serene or calm and you know might be the right atmosphere but it's really who you're with what you're doing and food is such a big part of 
you know, all experiences. So I think you hit the nail on the head. That sounds amazing. (laughs) All right. So uh, Deanna, in closing, uh, what advice would you give to a woman considering a career in the tech industry? So I guess related to what I already talked about regarding supervisors and that performance review that I had, I think the biggest thing you can do, and this is for all people considering a career in technology, but uh, certainly women as well as advocating for yourself. Don't sell yourself short and don't be afraid to, I mean, it feels like bragging, but it isn't bragging when you're talking about your successes. You're just being honest. And um, I really think that that can't be overstated. That's great, great advice. Um, So this was such an honor and such a pleasure speaking with you today. Can you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, You can definitely find me on LinkedIn if you search Deanna Emery Aon. Um, And I'm always happy to respond to messages and accept any uh, invites. Um, Yeah. For new connections. No, that's great. Well, Deanna, it's a pleasure and an honor to have you. Thank you again. Uh, Hope to have you as a guest on a future show. Yeah, definitely. Likewise. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end-users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.